now we're at Star Wars Celebration. Um, this was held in London, so every time we woke up, there was tons of news, um, mm -hmm. which was great. Um, so we'll just read through some of the stuff and we'll discuss. Tales of the Jedi is receiving a second season. We do not have a release date yet. Or do we know who will be in it? But that's cool. I like that. And I want to see more Tales of the Jedi. Sure. Um, Star Wars Skeleton Crew yes. has revealed its directing team with Jack Schrerer, who is the director of the current Netflix streaming series Beef and the upcoming director of Thunderbolts. Um, John Watts. David Lowry as uh, David Lowry and the Daniels, who we've talked about before, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Lee Isaac Chung, who directed the Oscar-nominated film *Minari*. Oh shit, that's awesome! So they will be directing episodes of *Sketch Star Wars Skeleton Crew*, which is the Jude Law-centered show. These are a lot of film directors. Yeah, yeah. Which does make me go back to I do wonder if each individual episode is going to be more like its own little movie. Uh, during during celebration, it was described as like like an '80s Amblin adventure that we use like Goonies and stuff like that. So like, um, I don't know because th there are a lot of like really high class directors for each of these things. And if it's going to be just like an hour, like I'm so curious what that show is. Yeah, because like it sounds like they're doing yeah like every episode will be a different thing with this with the amount of interesting directors you're getting. Um, yeah. Even if there is like a larger narrative, yeah, yeah. sprawling thing for like it does feel like we're going to get something much more much much more like singularly separated as we go through. Yeah. Um as we know Jude Law is in the series but uh Carrie Condon um who has been in a lot of things I didn't recognize her as anyone except for Friday in, in the MCU, Tony Stark's second AI. Yeah. Um, that's who she is. Um, Ravi Kobot, um, Kobot Khan years, uh, who played the little boy in Encanto. Uh, Kiriana Cratter, who very new, done a bunch of shorts. Um, and Robert Timothy Smith uh, from Mythic Quest. Uh, they will star in the show with Jude Law. And it will follow a, a group of kids who go on an adventure throughout the galaxy. And as Ryan said, uh, more of an Amblin style adventure. Amblin. Oh, uh, Carrie Conan was in the Banshees of Inishir this year, nominated for a lot of things. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and the series will be released this year. Love it. So. All right. Star Wars Acolyte. Ooh, did any of you see this trailer? Because I did. No, I didn't see any of the leaked trailers. Nope. Internet's it's so easy. It's so easy. Right? Um, I, I specifically didn't didn't go searching for it. I'm sure I could have found it. Um, but real quickly, the news is um, Star Wars Acolyte has. Uh, we 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 know about some of this casting. It cast Lee Jong Jay a little while ago. And now we know they're playing a, a Jedi Master. Uh, this is the gentleman from Squid Game. Uh, we now know that Yunus Watomo, um, who took over the role of Chewie in the Star Wars sequels. Um, from Peter Mayhew, uh, he will play a Wookiee um, Jedi in this, uh, and then cool. yeah, and then Rebecca Henderson from Russian Doll, Werewolves Within, other things uh, will stall as uh, Vernestra Rowe. Hell yeah! Which is a character, a pre-established character that you're familiar with, right, Ryan? Yeah, she was in Charles Soule's Light of the Jedi. She yeah. was a 15-year-old teenager, one of the, the youngest Jedi's ever to become a Jedi. Uh, Jedi. Uh, she will be 115 in this show. This place will be 100 years after the Starlight Beacon incident. So this will be 100 years before uh, the Phantom Menace. Wow. Uh, lots, they are, they are, they're doing so much time stuff, specifically this Star Wars celebration. Uh, I was jonesing with just how far into the future, the past, the middle, we're just going literally everywhere. Uh, real, real, real exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, the series was described was was apparently pitched by Leslie Headland as Frozen meets Kill Bill. Hmm. Insane. Um, it's the Frozen because they're dealing with like royalty and stuff, but Kill Bill because they have to murder each other. That's that's I like it. I'm into it. I, I read some of the. Go ahead, Sparks. I was gonna ask Ryan what he thought of the footage he saw. Uh it was it was a very it was like a very quick. Um, it the thing that most excited me was um, it doesn't look. It's the first time it's Star Wars has not looked like the prequel or the sequel era. It looks like the High Republic era. So it, the costumes, the sets, I was like, holy shit, it's actually like, it's actually different. Um, it was really cool. Uh, again, it was like a 30 second short thing, but like, sure. 
it, it was exciting. I'm like, oh man, they're wearing like, if you've seen any of the outfits from any of like the, the teaser posters from the, from the High Republic, like the garb that they wear, like, oh, they're wearing all that old school shit. Uh, it's just really cool. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I read some of the descriptions of the footage from Empire uh, they, because they're like, oh my God, we saw Carrie Ann Moss fighting another Jedi and it looked really cool. And I was like, that does sound cool. Um, looking forward to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Wars Ahsoka. Um, we now know that Genevieve O'Reilly will return as Chancellor Mom Mothma. Hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah, indeed. Lars Mickelston, we now confirmed, will be. Did you Thrawn? say Mickelston? On accident. Yeah, okay. Mickelson? Mickelson. I did Mar I did stumble that. Uh, Mad yeah, little brother. Yeah. Lars Mickelson will return as Thrawn. There was no other good choice to make. Nope. Um, David Tennant will return as the droid Huang, um, which is a, a droid from a very good episode of The Clone Wars. Um, this is for those of you who don't remember, it's the episode and just kind of get Ben context. This is a droid who trained Jedi how to build lightsabers. So like he took them to Elam where the uh, crystals are, are mined and told and taught them how to make uh, Jedi lightsabers. And Ahsoka was part of that episode. Very good episode. Um, and so uh, uh, so David Tennant was the droid in that. And he's returning. We see him in the trailer also. The directors for this episode will be for this episode for the series will be Dave Filoni. Makes sense. Uh, Steph, Steph Green, who directed episodes of Watchmen and the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Peter Ramsey, who directed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and uh, episode five of The Mandalorian. Cap Pirate Captain Gorian Shard. Yep. Um, I didn't know that that was the director of Into the Spider-Verse. And I didn't. And I, and I took that to, to, to realize that he did not return to direct Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so he's going to direct the episode. Jennifer Getzinger. Uh, directed episodes of Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Uh, Gita Patel directed episodes of House of the Dragon and Runaways. And Rick from Uyawa, who we've seen direct episodes of Mandalorian before. Right on. So yeah, so so old, old and new new people coming in, love it. And uh, Kevin Kiner, who was the composer on Rebels, Bad Batch, Clone Wars, will return to score this series. This will be his first live action Star Wars show. He's directed like Law and Orders. I mean, it's composed like Law and Orders, tons of live action shows, but he's never composed live action star wars until this moment that's awesome very cool yeah. uh i like the trailer music i don't know if it's indif indicative of what the music will be in the show but uh i thought the music was pretty good uh i'll be honest y'all i popped really really hard for this trailer more than i thought i was going to um and it's not just well it's a lot because of rebels because i just I, I freaking love rebels. it's a lot it's a lot no, of there's a lot of rebels it's a lot of rebels but i think just like the the production value the quality it looks better than mandalorian it looks higher higher quality in every way in my opinion um and yeah, like it is again, like them doing the big swing of bringing in Thrawn is, is, is huge. It's huge. And like the ramifications of that are massive. Right. Um, and it just looks like, well, again, whether the show, like with the Star Wars show, like the, the trailers can be great and they can be hit or miss, but like, like I, I'm, I'm really digging the vibe they're putting out with this first trailer. I really yeah. dig the vibe of it a lot. Yeah. I, I go ahead, Ben. No, I was going to say I um, echo a lot of what Ryan said. Now, obviously, I don't know much about Thrawn. I'll leave from talk to you guys. What little Rebels I have seen does make me excited because I've seen Hera was made me happy. Seeing Sabine again was like, hell yeah. Um, yes, I know. I'm on notice. I need to finish all Rebels until that show comes out. <laughs> you um, have it till August, Ben. I August. Till August. I got until August. But I'm very excited for Ahsoka. And I feel that a Star Wars show trailer, it's been a little, it's been a minute since a Star Wars trailer, especially for a Disney Plus show, has gotten me this kind of like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to pop off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like I, I'm, I really, so, okay. So the fact of the matter, I want to get this out of the way. I have yet to see Rosaria Dawson be a good Ahsoka. Of the only two times, admittedly, we've seen her, I have not been crazy about her performance as Ahsoka, and I'm hoping that under the under the kind of the the, the strict tutelage of Dave Filoni in this episode in this series, we'll get something a lot closer to the Ahsoka I'm familiar with, and I hope that is the case. And um, you know, so I'm willing to so I'm willing to to give her another chance. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very exciting to see Chopper again. Yeah. I'm so I look. I'm really excited to see Hera and Sabine again. But man, 
I saw Chopper and I was like, I miss that psychopathic droid. I can't wait to see him be psychopathic. Doesn't that droid commit war crimes? Oh, many. Bro, he he should be in jail. Yeah. He tries to he he just tries to kill people in that show all the time. And it's like it's fine because it's a kid's show, right? But like he's like the one droid in all of Star Wars. It's like if there is a droid that needs to be disassembled, thrown into the lava pits of Mustafar, it's that one. He'll give you a you thumbs up on the way down. R2D2 R2 is like chaotic good. Yes. yes. And Chopper is chaotic neutral. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like he will it's border borderline towards evil, but <laughs> mostly neutral. Like he 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 will he helps the he helps the homies out, but sometimes like He'll also do something really, really messed up, and I'll put everyone in danger because like he's I, just got a couple screws loose. I'll, I like I'll always go back to like there was a moment where he let a stormtrooper fall to his death and laughed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's a little, he's a little maniac. Um. Okay. Seeing Lothal in live action was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I you see the, the big tower. Yeah. Um. I'll be honest, because like we didn't talk about it, but the, this was also where we learned who Mary Elizabeth Winslow is playing. Oh my god, she's playing Hera. Oh, that yeah. made me lose it, dude. <sighs> I'm torn because yeah. I'm excited because it means Hera's going to be a really good role. Yeah, because it's Winston playing her. But this is another one we've talked about before, where I'm like, this could have been Vanessa Marshall. Sure, sure. There's 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 no reason this couldn't have been Vanessa Marshall. Like we we get Lars Mikkelsen, we get Katie Sackhoff, but we can't have Ashley Eckstein, and we can't have Vanessa Marshall. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, eh, eh. and like they have yet to do pull a last of us and give Ashley Eckstein or Vanessa Marshall an appearance somewhere else related to the properties of these characters. They originated. Yeah. The Eckstein one, to be honest, bothers me more because there's a bigger legacy there, but like also Vanessa Marshall's very good. And like created a great Hera character. And like, I do think Winsett's going to do an incredible job. Yeah. And I appreciate her because she's a serious actor. So she's watched Rebels. So she'll embody Hera. I'm not worried about it. But like, yeah. I I would have also been happy to see Winstead play someone else and see Vanessa Marshall play Hera. The, yeah. That 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 is true. Also, yeah. The the thing of the the fact of the matter is like the idea in an ideal world this show is animated, <laughs> and as and as far as we we know up until a point up until Dave Filoni started working on the Mandalorian it was, um and then it and then it evolved into this and I I, I don't. I sorry, finish your thought. Sorry. Well, I just think that like I personally I would have preferred to continue the story in an animation in an animated format because it kind of gives us more room. It gives us more episodes to play with. This is going to be eight episodes with a with a big budget and we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff, but it does kind of limit you character-wise. Yeah. Um and I think in an animated format you wouldn't you wouldn't have the same limitations. And so I do lament that we're not getting an an animation. However, I do like what I'm seeing here. I don't think this should have been animated. And the reason yeah. I don't think that is because if you're tying it into everything that's happening in the other parts of this time with Mando and everything, this needs to be live action. And Thrawn deserves to be taken seriously. And mm. Thrawn's not going to be taken seriously if he's always an animated villain. That's unfortunate. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not going to do it. They're not going to take these characters seriously unless they make the jump to live action. This show does deserve to be live action. Rebels was good enough, and the ultimate conflict with Thrawn, especially if Thrawn is tying into the building of the First Order stuff, yeah, that should be live action. So I do feel that way about it. I just think like there's room to, and then there still is room to do right and at least give Ashley Eckstein and Vanessa Marshall their flowers and allow them another character inside of these properties so that they at least appear somewhere and get their recognition because this is something last of us did very well the original motion capture voice actors for joel and ellie are incorporated into the live action show very well even the side characters too yeah uh there's no reason that the same shouldn't be done for marshall and Eckstein here i yeah. agree i mean i think you're i think you're right i personally because of my own person because of who i am and who we are i didn't think about the fact that Thrawn would be taken more seriously in live action because I personally, that's not how I think. Like I would, I see Thrawn in animated format. Like he's just as threatening as any character in, in live action, but you're right that the general public is not us and they would, yeah. and they, and they do look at animation. They do look down on animation. 
I can't make my wife excited about Thrawn stuff being built up in Mandalorian because she doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Because she doesn't take the show seriously enough to watch them. I love her, but that's true. And uh, live action is going to make her care. It's, yeah. it's it just how it is. Yeah. It is a bummer. Yeah. That's a really good point. And, and it's, it's really unfortunate. Like we hear online, like, Oh, I have to watch a, I have to watch a four season kids show in order to understand this Ahsoka, the Ahsoka series one. No, probably not. But no. two, uh, uh, so what? It's a good show. Right. And um, uh, also three, how dare you? I, but I think like going back to what Ryan brought up earlier when Thrawn was first created in the 90s, like fans have wanted Thrawn to be in live action for a long time. Mm. That character is cool. He does deserve it. It was one of my fears when he first appeared in Rebels that I'm, is that I'm like, I'm this really glad it. they incorporated Thrawn, but this is probably all we ever get of him. Yeah, 100%. And so that's why I was so thrilled by the ending of Rebels because it left the door open for this for him to show up not only show up again but show up in a way where like all of the star wars media has to take him as a serious presence because he'll be in live action yeah and like i agree with you it shouldn't take that barometer for star wars fans like like all fans to engage with it in that way but that is what it is and like (laughs) and the character does deserve that the character does deserve to like have the standout moment in live action so i'm thrilled to do it uh yeah it is what it is. I'm I'm sure Winstead's gonna be great. Yeah. Going back to the point of Hera, I just uh I I I wish that like we weren't doing this like pick and choose about who gets to bring back their animated character and who doesn't. Um there's a couple of dark yeah. Jedi in here, guys. Well, real quickly so it's to be Zeb yeah. also. So like sorry. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, but but to kind of reinforce your point real quickly, like it would be like if we like we're getting a Star Trek Strange New Worlds, a Star Trek Lower Decks crossover this year, and it would be like if if those voice actors weren't their live action versions. Yeah, yeah, and they are, and that's good because that show is developed in a way that those actors could play their live action versions, and kind of you could do the same with Rebels. Uh, we did see Ezra though. We now have a confirmation of who is playing Ezra. Uh, we see oh, the man. we see the the hologram image that Sabine has. That's dope. Love it. I love it. But you you mentioned the two Dark Jedi, one Ray Stevenson. Yeah, so um, Ray Stevenson's playing a guy named Balin, and then he's got a lady named Shin. And in this trailer, again, uh, I brought up way earlier in the podcast, but uh, Ahsoka calls Thrawn heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And that is a very heavily coded thing, because that is the name of the original Thrawn trilogy. It's the first book, is heir to the Empire. And when I see um, a dark Jedi and Thrawn returning from the Unknown Regions, I'm like, okay, you're clearly doing something from heir to the Empire. Um in Heir to the Empire, uh, there is a secret Palpatine cloning facility that's being guarded by a guy named Joris uh, Sabauth. And he is a clone of a Jedi who was killed. He was cloned by Palpatine, and he's an evil dark Jedi guarding uh, Palpatine's clone facility. Um, that's not what's happening in this show. But he is a dark Jedi from the outer regions that Thrawn, helped, that Thrawn found, and he's bringing him into the, into the newer regions to see what's up. Because that dude is a dude who's been a Sith or whatever for, you know, uh, uh, so far out the galaxy. He doesn't know what's going on in the inner rim and in, like in this the galactic war. Right. He's just a Sith from a billion light years away that Thrawn found. Um, and that's really exciting. I think that's really cool. Um, I have not watched the Bad Batch, y'all. But there is some heir to the Empire stuff happening in Bad Batch. There's a, something that happened in the Bad Batch season one finale. Um Camino Lost, where they mm-hmm. go to a place called Mount Tantis. Does, do you guys remember Mount Tantis? It's it's a Camino cloning facility. Yeah, so that is Palpatine's secret cloning facility from Heir to the Empire that yeah. they're setting up. Um, this is all. It's all. They're all doing so much Heir to the Empire stuff. Like this trailer unlocked like so many things. Again, I've read. I've listened to so much Thrawn stuff in the past uh, couple of days, uh, new and old. Um, the the way that they've been building to it has been, you know, execution-wise, maybe a little sloppy. But now I like I this trailer is out. I see the vision. Like they they're doing Thrawn perfectly. They're doing it good. I I love it. I think it's really cool. Um, the clone stuff, like they're not throwing that away from Mandalorian. Like I see, I see, I see the vision. Like like it's really cool. Um, the movie that they're leading up to, like it could be more of that or it could be something different. I doubt it. Like um, with Thrawn being in live action mm-hmm. uh i think that he looks from what we see of the back of his head very good how they kind of frame that it, he it, it feels like thrawn like lars mickelson was obviously the clear choice to bring the character to life in live action um and you know you see you see that kind of walking you're like oh there there he is like before i even 
before I even saw the because the first time I saw this trailer was on my phone, so really low res. I didn't see the blue skin. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Thrawn. Yeah, like there was no question in my head from the way he presented himself to him, the way the pre- it, it, it presented that that was Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just really, it's just really. I love that they're taking the heir to the Empire story, and they're like, okay, we don't have Luke and Han and Leia, yeah. but we do have Ahsoka and the Rebels crew that we can just replace them with, because uh, they it is the same time period just with new characters, yeah. uh, and I think that's awesome. It shows that Dave Filoni, and again, I watched like all of the the celebration interviews and like the Dave Filoni one, he was getting emotional and like, y'all like, I get it. Like y'all are so excited. I get it. If I wasn't on the stage, I'd be on in the, in the, in the crowd with you. I am here for you. I love these guys as much as you do. I get it. Uh, and I can't say the same for all the other creatives. And that's not to say that like, they don't love star Wars, but Dave Filoni gets star Wars. That dude knows star Wars. Right. Uh, and I'm just hoping that everything he's building to with Ahsoka, it's able to be pulled off. Cause like, if Ahsoka is not super great, man, it's that's it's gonna be a lot of. Ooh, we did a lot of building up for what? I mean, yeah, it's Ahsoka is his baby. Yeah, um, like he would like he created that character with George Lucas and and has shepherded that character's entire evolution um, since. And I just, if he messes this up, I'd be shocked. It's gonna frankly. yeah, I I have su- I have such faith again because like them doing part rebel stuff, which is his baby. And then just like using Air to the Empire stuff, which is already there, and you could just adapt it differently with Thrawn stuff. Like it's so perfect, it's so well. You have a slam dunk on your hands right here, man. It feels like a slam dunk. Um, but again, like these eight episode miniseries things, like who who knows? You know, like I want to believe so bad. I want this is the one that's like, oh man, this I I need this one to be good. I need this one to be good. Yeah, I really. I mean, I've been I've been looking forward to a rebel sequel ever since we started hearing rumblings about it years ago now. So like I'm yeah. God, I, I really hope this one was good. Yeah. Um it just yeah. It's gonna be really cool seeing all those characters again in live action, like with the with the guy who made them. Like yeah. you know, uh it's just it, it is an exciting time. Like it, it's nice to like uh, cause you know, you can sometimes like, you know, we get old enough, like sometimes we can get cynical about things, but like this, like I really did pop for this trailer and it felt really cool. Like, man. Thrawn is such an O, such an OG school Star Wars character uh, that is going to be reintroduced to so many more people, and I'm just right. really excited about that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that in a minute because um, uh, they announced the upcoming new Star Wars movies. They had a big whole hullabaloo. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the directors for the next three Star Wars movies. Um, so James Mangold returning to the Star Wars universe. We know he was trying to do a Boba Fett movie ages ago before that was before they abandoned all movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll, he'll direct the movie set um, set around the first ever Jedi. So set at the dawn of the Jedi, it will be about the first ever Jedi. 25,000 years. New, yeah. new point on the timeline. It is the first. Yeah, it is. It is the old, old, old Republic. Well, I don't think there's a Republic at this point. It's the old is what it is. It's just the old. It's just the old. Um, This will be set in the... The opening crawl will just be a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's it. (laughs) Nothing happened. That'd be really (laughs) really clever, actually. Um, uh, This will be set in the Dawn of the Jedi, which was a new era that they've added to the timeline. Um, uh, And will... um, is described as a biblical epic that's inspired by Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments. Love it. Love it. Um... He is currently writing this as well as his Swamp Thing movie. So, oh my God, could you imagine the life he's living, man? At this morning, writing Star Wars at night, writing Swamp Thing. What a life! Finishing up my work on uh, Indiana Jones. On Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's Scott Logan um, in the can. Yeah, I'm really happy he's getting another chance to do a Star Wars movie because honestly, I was kind of bummed he never got to do that Boba Fett movie. I thought he yeah. could have done a really good Boba Fett movie. Um, but yeah, now now that he's coming back and do and like. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when I'm done reading all these. Um, so Sh- uh, Charmin Obeyed Chinoy, uh, who we've talked about is directing a Star Wars movie. This is the one that Damon, that Damon Lindelof was a part of who and left. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, um, Stephen Knight is writing this one. Um, this is going to be set 15 years after Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker in a new time in a new point in the timeline uh, called the New Jedi Order. It will be about Ray Palpatine. Sorry. Ray Skywalker. That was a that was a slip. I did not mean that. Uh, which will be about Ray Skywalker. Daisy Ridley is returning to the role. 
um, and will be about her developing a new Jedi Order. Then was the whole point like the last Jedi about maybe we don't need to do to build a new Jedi Order? Isn't well, it's no, and it's not necessarily that's not necessarily the point of the last Jedi. The, the point of the last Jedi is to trying to do the Jedi Order as it was again. Yeah, was the mistake. And well, so, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, like, but she's making another Jedi Order, right? And but the hope is that she would learn from the mistakes of the previous two and would build a Jedi Order that's far more you know, that's capable of attachments or that's not going to uh, fall to the same corruption that uh, the first one did. Um, So I think that, I think that's kind of where I hope that's kind of where they go with it. Not trying to make the Jedi order as it was, but try to learn from the mistakes of the original Jedi orders. Finally, Luke couldn't. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be about that. Like there still should be a, a Jedi order right like there still should be people who are helping guide force uh sensitive users to engage with the light side of the force but not necessarily teaching them the rigid structure that the jedi used to live by in the time of the republic but like um and i think that will be eventually right bridged with grogu yeah because there's no way they're not bringing grogu to ray it'll be a crisp 98 yeah um, and then Dave Filoni will direct a live action Star Wars film um, that will cap off the Mandoverse. There's also real quick, like there's no way they don't at least ask John Boyega to come back for that same Ray film. I'm sure they I'm ask. not sure if he'll say yes. Yeah. Uh, they'd have to probably really do something for him for yeah. that. But like, I, I have to imagine they ask because there's no way you just like ignore that. I, yeah, I, I'm sure they'll ask, but like I... Unless it is like a substantial role and a lot of money, like I just, unless he has a lot of control. Yeah, I just don't know if that dude, the way just how outspoken he's been and where, where he's at in his career now, I'm just like I don't know if he would come back. But like, hey, crazier things. Have I think the most important thing that happened that could be a path to that is that thing where when he talked very openly about the problems with what happened with Star Wars, that Bob Iger mm-hmm. and some others called him in for like a discussion, not not for any like pull this back or like, we just want to talk and we want to know like how you feel about this because we want to know how to do better. Yeah. And like Bo- Boyega said, that was a really like helpful and, and important conversation to him. So like that can yeah. be a bridge to the possibility that he would return. But like, I- I'm not holding my breath. I just for the character like you want it because like he should be there because if she's making a Jedi order, he's force sensitive, then he should be part of it. Yeah. Let's, let's hope that they should go through that. Um, I am really excited for all three of these. Mm-hmm. I think all three of these have a lot of potential. Yeah. I'm actually mostly excited for 15 years of in the, in the future and 25,000 years in the past. Yeah. Cause it's unknown. I, That's why I'm excited too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I well, want- it's also nice that Daisy Ridley is coming back. I do really mm-hmm. like her as Ray, um, and I'm I'm happy to see that character return. I've, I've been waiting desperately for anything that was going to wash the taste of Rise of Skywalker out of my mouth, so it's not the furthest point in the timeline anymore. So, like, I'm happy to have something where they can, like, not necessarily fix Rise of Skywalker, but they can at least start to path correct of, like, hey, let's make you feel a little better about Sand where it, we're at at this point in time. Like, smooth yeah. it down the same way that they had to do with some of the prequel work. Yeah, yeah. Would uh, you guys... Work show and all that. But, like, just real quick, Ben, like, uh, that's nice because, like, also it's something where I was, like, I hope they don't wait too long to try to move into that space. And it's like, how do you not bring Daisy Ridley back for that space? I'm glad she doesn't feel so burned that she wouldn't return. Yeah. Because, like, you have Grogu, you want to move Grogu into that space. It just makes sense. Yeah. While Daisy Ridley would be willing to return, like you want to tell that story because like they would meet. That's the thing that, that, that would happen. And yeah. And that's, that's not, it's not to say that's exactly what they will do in the first movie, but that is the, that seems like the trajectory. And that is like Yoda started training in like when he was around a hundred and that's, that would be around the same time Grogu's age. Like that doesn't seem on like a, not a coincidence. Um, Uh, but Ben, you were trying to say something. You said, uh, what would you... Would you guys think that Ray's, or the new movie, 15 Years in the Future, would be called Star Wars Episode Ten? No, um, because that's the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, the, so it's the, the, the Skywalker saga is the prequel original. And these all feel like they're meant to be standalone. And I okay. say that because they put up this timeline where they added the two new eras. Um, and, they, and they said every 
every project will, will span these eras. So we're not going to be stuck in one era anymore. We're okay. going to move around specific eras. And that just kind of feels to me like, while sequel potential it could be there, at this moment, they're being conceived as standalone. Okay. I... I do think eventually, Ben, there will be an episode 10, but I think we're a long ways away from it. Yeah. 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 When they're willing to divorce themselves from the idea that the episode titles mean Skywalker. Okay. I think they're going to want to keep the, the main core thing generational. So I think we will get a bunch of Star Wars movies, but we won't get 10 for a while, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then that will be like a big deal. Like, no, this is episode 10 of the saga movie. You know, they can make a whole, a whole thing about that. Yeah. Um, uh, real, uh, real quick on the Filoni movie, like, I hope that they don't rush to this conclusion. That's the that's my only thing. Like, now that they're announcing it now and the Ahsoka show hasn't even come out, like, I don't want them to drag their feet through it either, but I don't want them to rush yeah. Yeah. Uh, towards it either. I'm like, this should be, this should be fully filled out if you're going to bring all these Mando characters and Ahsoka characters and uh, yeah, Luke I described it to he you. Will. Oh. Yeah. I described it to look. I, no, I get right. it. Yeah. I get it. But objectively, Luke should be part of this story, even if only in a minor way. If it's Thrawn, I agree. I agree. Recast him. I mean, I agree with that yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm. Just, I, here's the thing. I'm happy. You want to bring in Luke because this is doing Thrawn stuff, and Luke needs to be a part of this about a part of the story. Great. If you any of you cast him, great. I'm so in for it. I'm not here for CGI Luke. Or bare minimum, at least, just don't use the voice thing. Just yeah. let let Mark Hamill record the lines. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was talking to Sparks about like, I don't think this movie is going to be. It is the end of the Mandalorian saga, right? I think this is like the end of the phase one, basically, because like mm -hmm. the Mandalorian will go on forever, right? But like whatever they're building towards, it's not even ending in Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka is like is like the match that will spark whatever happens in this movie, right? This is a question like, do you think Ahsoka is a one season show? No, because in Not the interview, way. in the interview, she was like, and y'all, if you like the show enough, we want to do a season two, let's get it. Yeah. So like, I think it's built yeah. as one season that can be more. But we're also a few years out from this movie anyway. I don't think yeah. this is the next movie. Um, oh, no, think, yeah. And so like, because of that, I think that we could get Two seasons of Mandalorian, two more seasons of Mandalorian, maybe two more seasons of Ahsoka. Skeleton Crew is part of this era as well, and they, they did talk about Skeleton Crew being in the Mandoverse, quote unquote. Um, so, like, we're, we're, I still think we get seasons out of it, but I do agree with Sparks. I really, I want them to take that time. I want them to yeah. take that room, not rush to this movie conclusion because I've seen, I've seen this happen with comic books a lot, where like, if you got a destination in mind, you decide that you just want to get there as quickly as you possibly can, and you lose something along the way. And I don't want to see that happen with this, with the, with this story. Yeah. I think there will still be a story with Din and Grogu post this movie, yeah, and post the Thrawn stuff. But I do think this movie needs to be probably the epic conclusion of Thrawn, right? Like, and so I want them to take their time getting there. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I that excites the movie should be the conclusion of like well, yeah. this is the big final that's, thing with Thrawn. That's the thing that excites me about this movie more than anything is that it's Thrawn on the big screen. Yeah. Right. So like we get, let's say we get the season of Mandalorian, right? It, they already even if Thrawn isn't like a major factor in the last couple episodes, like he is a factor of the season in some capacity, right? That will lead into Ahsoka. We get one more season of Ahsoka. We get another season of Mando, and then we get the movie. I think like three seasons, like three seasons of, of a Thrawn, you know, uh, uh, might be it might be enough. I think. Yeah, I agree. I I also really really hope, um, kind of going way back, but like that we get much more Mothma across all this because I think Mon Mothma is a very easy way to give us this insight into what was going on with the New Republic and the ultimate like shift to the Resistance splitting off from that because you can't do it with Leia easily unless you're willing to recast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you can do it with Mon Mothma easily. Easily. Um, yeah, I think she's I doing think such a great job. The fact that Genevieve O'Reilly is in Ahsoka is very exciting um, because I really like her as Mon Mothma obviously from Andor but uh, for that very reason that you just said, Sparks, that like we can get more about the New Republic because they they even said on the stage like it this would be the New Republic against the Remnant Empire, um, which is what they call the Empire around uh, that's still around. So like this, so like Genevieve O'Reilly has to be a big part of this, and that's really and that's really cool because she would because she would be the one being like her her politicians are the ones where 
are the ones that are kind of telling her not to worry about the Remnant Empire, but she knows what's up. She just can't really do a lot about it. Her hands are tied, which is why she sends Leia to the Resistance. Yeah. Um, and so we could we could see that. We could see that happen. Um, uh, uh, that's just really exciting to me. It's going to be really, really interesting how much of Air of the Empire they actually they actually take because again like the Mount Tantus stuff like that cloning facility the stuff that's happening in Mandalorian like it is it is like so interesting that like their trajectory they're going is that Thrawn's gonna have like a huge ass clone army uh that's what he does and he not only has a clone army he he Mr. Sinister puts his own DNA in clones so that they are smarter and more tactile stormtroopers you know what's worse than a stormtrooper a stormtrooper is actually good at their job uh that's why Thrawn is such a threat um god I'm so excited y'all like even if like I like I don't know like Thrawn himself will be dope because I got the actor you know uh, Filoni knows how to write Thrawn like he did himself in Rebels so like I'm I'm just really excited like th this was a really good Star Wars celebration like I these are projects that are all probably actually going to happen you know <laughs> like I'm not worried about these ones not happening right uh, uh, my only other thing is um, looking at the Ahsoka trailer like where is Rex is he safe <laughs> is he all right <laughs> Yeah, same. I, I hope I, I'm I'm sure we see Rex. We gotta. Um, so. uh, Grayson in the chat. However, I do want to I do want to acknowledge Grayson's uh, latest comment. Was it just a fan casting when someone mentioned Sebastian Stan could pull off a young Luke? Yes, it was a fan casting. I'm not sure if I still am on board with that casting, but I wouldn't mind it. Frankly, he's definitely got the look. Yeah. I I don't know if I. I'd have to see more of what he, what other roles he's done. If he could play like the Luke type character, he's definitely got like his face down. Yeah. yeah. But like, can he be Luke? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that said, like I, all three of these projects, all three get of these Sebastian, movies get Sebastian Stan, Alden Einerick and Billy Lord all together. And there you go. There's your Luke. Oh, Land. oh my God. <laughs> That's my dream. Dude, that is for real. Like I just want those characters to be around with new people. Just let that happen. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's what the reason why I also said uh, Ahsoka could be animated because I mean I've talked a lot about like you can have Luke, Leia, and Han's stories continue in animated format post Return of the Jedi, and that would be really easy to do. And, you know, you could have done that in an Ahsoka show. That too. is that is the unfortunately the hardest thing about like trying to do post Return of the Jedi stuff with your OG cast because they're all either dead or like eighty. Yeah, that's just the unfortunate. I thing. think I think honestly, like we're going to reach the point where they're either going to decide like we want them to be directly involved or we don't. Yeah, and like you you bite the bullet and you bring in Alden Ehrenreich and you recast Luke and you bring in Billy Lord. I I I want to believe that that's that's what will happen. Well, or or you don't make that decision and you don't involve those characters. But if you are going to involve those characters, then you have to bite the bullet and make that decision. And yeah. Say, yes, we're committing to our recasting. Here's Alden Ehrenreich picking up Han Solo again deal with it because there's so yeah. much story potential that you're just ignoring because you don't want to deal with like the the, act, the acting of it all like not having those three guys around like what are they all doing they're all that's we the, know they're doing stuff and that's the problem and that's the problem with using like these 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 cgi doubles uh these uh, uh deep fakes and whatnot that you're only using them as action figures at this point you're not using them in any meaningful way. And if you, you like Spark said, you've got you to gotta just finally be like, no more half measures. Are they going to be in this story? Are they going to be a part of the story or not? And if they are, you need to recast them because yeah. that's the only meaningful way that they could be. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited for all three of these movies. I think this, I think this lineup looks really great. I'm kind of with Ryan here. Like, I think the celebration was awesome. Uh, there's yeah. a lot, of, there's a lot here that I'm very positive on. Um, I think that, uh, at the, I think that this is, I do feel confident that all three of these can be made. Um, and I, I feel confident for the future of, uh, of projects set in different time periods. You know, that's why I was, always, that's why I was always been excited for the acolyte because now, and here's the thing, the old Republic was on that timeline. We could potentially see either an old Republic movie or series somewhat sometime soon. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's not just that. It's the fact that they were willing to say, like, the timeline now goes past Rise of Skywalker and the timeline now goes past the Old Republic. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're going beyond all those things. Um, so the, the whole galaxy has opened up. There's a lot more storytelling available. And, like, we're not going to get into it and talk about all the tiles, but, like, they're still pushing very hard on the High Republic book yeah. and comic oh, yeah, world. Yeah. And, like, they're still publishing a lot of stories that matter to the material that we're seeing in the films and television shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. the Knights of the Old Republic remake, which got which got shelved for a little bit, that because most Star Wars games, if they come out, those games are canon. Like that would have been the canon retelling of that original game. Uh, but now yeah. that's four years away, probably. God, I hope that still comes out. Yeah. 
Um, the, the timeline for those of you who don't know, um, I did write it down. It will be the two new eras. So Dawn of the Jedi is the new era added. And then it will be, then it's the old Republic, the high Republic, the fall of the Jedi reign of the empire, age of rebellion, the new Republic, the rise of the first order. And now a new Jedi order. Um, and I think that's really cool. I yeah. liked everything here. I like timelines. Um, some updates, uh, happened. Uh, we don't, no, there are other Star Wars movies um, that we've heard about over the years. Sean Levy, obviously, but Taika Waititi was one of them brought up real quickly. Lando, apparently, they didn't. They, they announced the Lando show a while ago, um, and Donald Glover spoke about it and said that they are still talking about his return as Lando. Um, it's just got to be the right project. So I'm really happy that he's kind of being protective of that while also willing to come back because he is perfect casting for Lando yeah. Calrissian. Um, Taika Waititi Star Wars film. Uh, they talked about uh, he, she, uh, Catherine Kennedy was asked about that, and she did say it's still in the works. Uh, he doesn't really want to bring others into the, that process, and I don't blame him. He has a very unique voice, so we want to protect that, and that's what he's doing. Sure. So, uh, so the Taika Waititi Star Wars film is still happening. Um, IG IG Eleven story. What happened to his body after they left his body massacred on, on in in Navarro? Became a statue. What? Why? Why are they so crazy? Who would do that? Uh, Grayson live in the chat says, "I'd love to. I'd love to see Sam Witwer as Star Killer, even if they water him down." But I really uh, did have fun with that character in Force Unleashed. Yeah, Star Star Killer is interesting because Dave Filoni tried to adapt Star Killer as one of the um, Inquisitors uh, for Rebels, and Sam Witwer was going to play him. Yeah. Mm. I'm so. at the point where I'd rather see Sam Witwer come back as Darth Maul and like follow up on whatever the end of Solo was. Yeah, one thousand yeah. percent. What are you doing, Crimson and Dawn? It, Read the comics. What if, no, I don't want it to happen in Andor. <clears throat> Never mind. Um, Ryan Johnson, Star Wars film. So also asked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, so Kathleen Kennedy said, Ryan and I talk all the time. He is unbelievably busy, so we're not actively involved in anything at the at the moment because he's doing another one of the Glass Onion movies, and then God knows what else. But he really wants to step back into the space. It's a big commitment of time, so that's really on him. Which translates to me, stop asking me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I. I believe that that dude is busy doing his own thing. And when he's ready to work on the next one, he will. Like, all I care yeah. about is that like when Ryan says he's ready, they'll let him. Yeah. That's all yeah. I care mm-hmm. about. That's what, that's what I interpret that as well. That's like, we already doing knew his own thing. that he said he wanted to explore something very far away from the, the common core point of like one through nine era. So like the, the galaxy is wide open as we said, so he can come in whenever and tell whatever story he wants to. Yeah. I really he hope he does. I really hope he does because I, I, I mean, obviously, we, I love the Last Jedi, um, but I, I got to be honest, I, I do not believe he'll ever do that Star Wars, uh, another Star Wars movie. Um, I'm, I'm happy with whatever he wants to do, um, and I do still want it. I just don't believe it's ever going to happen at this point. Yeah. Um, whatever makes it so you can sleep at night my friend <laughs> i mean it's better than just constantly constantly begging for it at any rate why I'm excited. <laughs> just, Ryan, why? outside the poker face studio like he's making a show what are star wars um but you know what if he wants to just keep making murder mysteries murder mystery star wars yeah yeah do, let's do it um, there was a Jedi Survivor trailer. We just saw that in Mando. I so, I mean, you know, <laughs> be, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. That's true. There was a Jedi Survivor trailer. Did anyone watch it? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, ben did not. What do we think about this? Ben did see it. I mean, again, I'm really hyped because of that that very key factor about, like, there's a High Republic Jedi here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that... that immediately makes this all very very fascinating like what the angle is going to be in this story and all that kind of stuff like we know this is a high republic jedi we don't know the circumstances entirely of why they're here but like we know we know and like that's cool. frozen. We, see them, we see them like using up the force and stuff and i'm like oh man what, what where where is this story going i'm i'm thrilled i'm thrilled and i'm also excited this is another thing because i was going to bring this up so but i was waiting for us to talk about jedi survivor i'm also excited because like you kind of can't v- convince me right now that Cameron Monaghan's not going to be part of that movie. Oh, sure. Like, you don't cast Cameron... We talked about before when Cameron Monaghan first came on as Cal, but, like, you don't cast him without the intention to bring him to live action. 
Yeah. So like, I'm sure eventually he becomes part of all this Mando Thrawn stuff as well. They're gonna have to age him up a lot. Do you think he survives? Uh, I don't. I don't know that they really will because Cameron Monaghan's like aging pretty well as is, and like they've already like he's far along away from where he was as a Padawan apprentice when Order Sixty Six happens before Episode Four. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, and so like, he needs to age another fifteen years to get to Mando time. Look, they put like they put ten years on uh, Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us. I think you can put the extra. Yeah, 10, but he was already forty, not twenty. You can put the extra ten years on Cameron Monaghan when you get to the point that you want to do this movie because he'll be in his thirties. Okay. Like you can you can take him up to looking like he's in his like early forties, and sure. I think it'd be fine with I not mean, a lot of makeup work. Hey, if Bo-Katan can be in her sixties, then anybody can look like anything. Exactly. Yeah. I was just about to say, yeah, but okay, I'm just like saying, there's no way like you're you're building up Cameron Monaghan and you don't want to bring him. No, of course. So, so you don't think his story ends with him dying before a new hope? I do not. I do not. There, you cannot. I, I don't think you I get an fundamentally like don't believe Cameron Monaghan was put into this role to not get a live action appearance somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, somewhere. that could be. I mean, it could. Uh, they could put him in any live action show set within this time period too. So. Yeah. Again, like whatever the future of like the path is like i think that will be part of this game which was an yeah. obi-wan i think yeah like we'll we will see him in the future for sure yeah uh that'd be cool i'd like to see him uh in this honestly like this movie could be really cool um fix the lightsaber effects please anyway oh i meant to ask what color are ray stevenson's is ray stevenson's lightsaber orange orange, orange. interesting i didn't yep. catch that yep 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 they're not um a lot of people are saying they're not kyber crystals um, oh yeah they are but they are like uh, proto sabers, which are made from something else. Again, like him. So being, it's, it's a more it's a more reduced quality level of saber. Him being but, again speculation, but him being from the uh, the unknown regions, like their kyber crystals or whatever they use for lightsabers could be different. So it gives them a different effect, different glow. Interesting fun fact. Go ahead, Ben. No, I was about to say I could have swore there was another. It, it was either Plo Koon or a different Jedi who had a orange saber. I was about to say, Plo Koon's toy originally had him with an orange saber. Uh, and then, then they... The, then the, the thing is, like, the light effect on this, even compared, like, against Ahsoka's, it doesn't look like a lightsaber looks. Like, it's not just the color. It's, it's the, It's the way that the light is. Like, it is not the same. No, real quick, but real quickly, just to finish... To telling Ben what this is, um, the so it's most likely a reference to the fact that originally in the Phantom Menace they didn't know that the only color scheme for Jedi lightsabers were going to be uh, blue and green. Up until the Phantom Menace, they thought they could be any color, and then George kind of stuck it to blue and green. Uh, by the time we see all the other Jedi, so that's why Plo Koon's toy originally had an orange lightsaber, and that's probably a ref- That's probably why Ray Stevenson has an orange lightsaber because you know Plo Koon is Dave Filoni's favorite character. He probably knows that bit of trivia and was like, "This would be a fun." throwback to that mm-hmm. you know um so yeah that's cool though i didn't notice that and you said it's a it's like a it's like a like a proto like a proto saber that's what some people have been calling that's it. a speculation yeah, yeah. um but like i think just like the main thing is if you look at it if you look at that like shot where him and ahsoka are clashing like those lightsabers are very clearly a different light effect it's yeah. not just the color like they are being designed differently like they are different types of sabers also the way that uh Balin, that's the character like the way that he was just like deflecting was like very like m- like oh. mechanical like yeah. and i'm like this dude's awesome this dude's awesome i cannot wait to see this dude fight some dudes do you some people are wondering like i don't think this is true but do you guys think that they are fighting in the, the world between worlds that i saw people speculating that yes mm. i i would need to really do a freeze frame hardcore because i didn't um but like I, I wouldn't put it past Filoni. I get I didn't, the of like the way that that space looks, but I just don't think that's what's happening. Yeah, I didn't immediately think that, but Ahsoka's logo has the symbols from the world between worlds. Yeah, so I I did expect to see it at least at some point in the show. Oh, um, a fun, fun, another fun thing, um, the Jedi Temple in Octo that 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 Luke trains at in Last Jedi. There's a symbol on the floor, and that is the symbol of the the twenty five thousand years dawn of the Jedi symbol. Yeah. So whatever temple the Luke was training at is a really 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 old temple. Uh, that's cool. I think they. I think the. They, I don't think they said this. I think this might be speculation, <laughs> just some, based on what people said. But it, it does sound like James Mangold will will at least visit Octo at this point in time. Yeah. Um. Because you're right, it is the same symbol. Could be like an, an original old school temple or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, and doesn't Luke say it's like the first Jedi temple? No, they said something along the lines of like, it, I think it was Han who was saying like, 
last I heard, he went to go like find find, find a way to commune with like the older mm. the older set of the force, like an older Jedi way. Um, I don't remember. I I don't remember the exact wording, but it's something like that that Han says. Pretty sure I think he said the old, the first Jedi temple, but it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm willing to I'm willing yeah. to just. He was looking for something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I'm really excited about this. I am too. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to talk about Star Wars Celebration? Um, no, just uh, that watching all those interviews and seeing all those celebrities and they're all famous, but like some of them, like like a Genevieve O'Reilly isn't like as famous. So when they come to a convention like this and there are thousands of fans screaming at them, they're like, this is, in- this is insane. I can't believe it. Thank you guys. Like the actual... Mary Elizabeth Winsett's freak out because she didn't know they threw up the picture of Hera behind her when she oh, was yeah. asked who she was playing. So people start cheering before it's even announced. And she was like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> and like, it, it, so it was Sabine, Ahsoka, and Hera, like those, the actors all together. And they were all look, like, look at the cosplayers for your character, cosplayers for your character. And it was just like, man, like, I love conventions and like Star Wars Celebration is like extra special because everyone's there for one thing. Here's uh, here's the most important thing I'll say about this celebration that I think like has given me the most like rejuvenation feeling for just Star Wars in general is that this is the first time where I felt like Lucasfilm is showing, not telling, yeah. that they are making good on everything is expanding the same story because we have so much clear crossover between comics, books, video games, animation, and Movies. live action all right here at this celebration that they are making clear like these things are linking to this story and xyz and all this kind of stuff and like we are bringing these characters over to like that all of this matters all of this is being thoughtfully cared about all of this is being considered for how it expands the entire story of the star wars galaxy yeah uh and i think that's the most uh encouraging thing about it is because like it it does feel like there's a very thoughtful consideration of like we want to tell all kinds of stories across all this space. And we are actively thinking about how they work into each other. Yeah. Not even if it needs to be direct, but like that these things all exist in, in the same balance of storytelling. Right. Speaking of great things, y'all star Wars celebration happened last week and there was some runoff. There was some trickle over the week that we're going to talk about. Yeah. We did not, we were not able to pick up with the news, uh, that trickled in on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So we had to follow up one little more time. A couple of Star Wars bits. Do, 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 do. First, we're talking about some comics. Uh, a new Star Wars event's coming out soon that I'm pretty excited for. It's called Star Wars Dark Droids. Dark Droids. It will be a major crossover event in Star Wars line. The, the main miniseries will be written by Charles Soule and drawn by Luke Ross. Those are both people who have done so much GD Star Wars content. Luke Ross has drawn, I feel like, almost every miniseries I've ever I've ever seen him do. Uh, uh, he did like he did like Thrawn, and he did Darth Maul, and he's done Vader, and he's done Obi Wan, he's done everything. They know Star Wars like the back of their hands. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly, Charles Soule, he, he's incredible all the time. Um, a mysterious new threat called the Scourge corrupts droids, cyborgs, and everything in between, spreading chaos throughout the galaxy. Uh, this is fun because uh, a more detailed description went into um, droids are being affected by the thing that's turning them crazy, but it's happening to the Empire and the Rebellion. So. They some some people have to team up to stop the droids at times. So like like oh well, the enemy of your enemy is my you know that kind of thing, which is going to be really fun. Like as what happens if every droid in the universe went crazy? That's a fun idea. Yeah, uh, droid sentience. That's a thing we won't talk about this episode. Um, yeah, they're going to be spreading chaos with the galaxy. Uh, uh, the spinoff will go into other ongoing Star Wars titles such as Darth Vader, Doctor Aphra, bounty hunters, and a bunch of one shots between. Empire and Jedi is when this because that's thing. because that's where we still are in the comics, which is honestly like when this came out, I was like, God, that's true. We still are in this. Phase. We're doing like like five year because it started in like 2015, like basically like five year gaps for yeah. each of the movies in the trilogy, um, uh, which is but which it's is but it's nuts to me. And like, I really want to read all this stuff because um, mm-hmm. I fell behind. But like, same. It's nuts to me how much good storytelling. And I've heard a lot of good things about the storytelling happening at this point in time with the comics. They've been able to do without Han Solo on the table. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really impressive. Uh, and it's I'm so super, much of it. I'm super intrigued by it. Like there's the whole bounty hunter war about Han Solo and stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, so I'm, I'm 
all for this, really excited about it. If you want to hear more about us talking about why we might be so excited about some of this droid angle stuff, go check out our Fake Nerds Watch discussion on the Mando episodes four through six that we talked about earlier. Uh, there's definitely some droid talk going on. In IG-11, there. maybe. This kind of came at exactly the right time for us. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, some more Star Wars nude, uh, n- nudes. <laughs> the news. The Bad Batch, uh, uh, they will return for a third and final season. Yeah, uh, I think that's, I haven't watched the second season yet, but like, I'm I'm glad to know like they they're they're setting an endpoint like we got our story with these guys here it is here we go they got a trajectory. Um, I will say like I didn't mention it too much earlier but when I was watching the season one finale um the 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 last episode of season one the the one before the two part finale is um where they basically discover stormtroopers uh for the first time and they learn about them and that they're replacing clone troopers with stormtroopers and that they're using clone commanders to train them um initially and that the clone commanders like there's kind of an in-canon reason why stormtroopers at least early stormtroopers suck it's mm. because clone commanders didn't teach them everything they know because they were like well that'd be really stupid of me wouldn't it oh, totally. uh, so yeah. clone commanders didn't trust the stormtroopers so they wouldn't teach them all of their tricks Smart. that's why they suck so bad um Love it. uh it's it's really cool um that episode in particular uh i meant to shout this out also bad batch something i really love about it is that episode features a lot of like the the early like when you're first on the Death Star, hearing like stor- going around and hearing the stormtroopers in in the Death Star, like that music, um, that there's a lot of that in here, a lot of the very early New Hope vibes. Yeah, and then uh, they when they go back to Camino for the season finale, you get a lot of like John Williams score for Camino comes back around, and it's very powerful and effective. Camino lost. Uh, the Bad Batch stuff is really good. I think that they've asked and presented a lot of great questions for like how smooth was. For the troopers coming from the clones is the main focus of like that transfer of power where the troop where the clones go away and the troopers take over, but in a bigger way, how ready the empire was to jump into a militaristic state because of having watched it be successful with the Republic army and like looking at it and being like, well, we could take all these pieces and basically rally a mob of people to want to be part of it in a human way um, because they distrust the clones. The yeah. clones have a moral compass because they worked with the Jedi. Yeah. And so they're like, the clones don't quite work for us. We want people who are committed to the cause or feel like they are constricted by fear. Can be manipulated. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's so important to them, uh, which is why Tarkin is one of the people who pushes for the creation of the stormtroopers. Um it's really, really fascinating. And I think it's a great era to explore of how the Empire was able to mount their military power so quickly as an echo of what the clones were during the Republic Wars. Um, so I think that's really cool. And I'm glad that they, they're like, they've set, hey, we're doing the story at the end. It's not here in the news, but we do know that Ming-Na Wen uh, was announced as a character returning to the Bad Batch as Fennec Shand. Oh, she was, a, um, she was. She's in the first season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're seeing her again Beautiful. for the third season. Um, people who are watching know that there's going to be like, I'm very interested what they're going to do, what kind of lingering questions. Cause like, I don't think everybody in the Bad Batch is going to survive their way out of that third season, but somebody is. Sure. Um, and I'm really curious where those characters could turn up next, in particular a character named Omega. So um, yeah, um, yeah. There's some really fascinating stuff about like where this is going to leave. Again, like we're talking about all the like places for storytelling to go. There's there's some really interesting stuff. I'm wondering what we're going to see next. No, so I'm, I'm super happy for them. I'm glad that they have a solid like this will be our final moment. Uh, oh, yeah. Grayson is in the chest saying, oof, I'm looking forward to this. I'm certainly enjoying where they're at in the Bad Batch. I, he wrote that a, a little while ago, so I'm assuming when they find out about the Stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, 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 so in general, just like, uh, I I just like when they're saying with these animated shows, which has happened, you know, now with three of them, only one has not been given like a, yeah, we know we're ending right here and here we go. Um, mm-hmm. And that was Resistance. But like, Clone Wars, uh, ultimately, not at first, but yeah. ultimately did get its ending. Um, and so so too did Rebels and now the Bad Batch. Um, I'm always happy when that happens. And honestly, you know, like one of these closing opens the door for another potential animated series. Who knows where that could be at in Star Wars? Do, 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 um, but I'm very excited. Well, moving on to the more Star Wars. We got a little bit of casting news. And uh, Ahsoka, the Ahsoka show, uh, Wes Chatham has been cast. He's a, he was in Tenet and the TV show The Expanse. He will star as the right-hand man to Thrawn. I'm curious who that is, because he already has a right-hand man to Thrawn, and we saw him in the episode 7. <laughs> His name's Captain Pelion. Um, also, I'm curious, because in the, the Star Wars Thrawn novel that I'm currently listening to, 
despite that, that is a uh, uh, before episode four, so it doesn't make sense. But he does have a younger right hand man, and I'm wondering if they're going to bring him in, or it's a new, different right hand man. Or uh, I've seen some people theorizing that it's um, uh, I forget his name, but when we read the Thrawn comic, mm-hmm. um, the there's a guy in the empire that he uh, pulls out of the empire and sends to rendezvous with a chiss uh, and meet up with her. And that's just kind of left as like this note that's not picked up again. Oh, cause that happens in a later Thrawn book. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, cause that Thrawn comic is a, uh, is a shorter version of the right. book. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if it could be that guy. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. Some, some other people have like thrown that out there that like, there's enough similar face representation between the comic and and the actor yeah, that yeah. I'm like, could be. Bring could more, be. bring more chissin, baby. I love it. I'm all about it. Um, and th- this will take us, y'all. Uh, this is gonna take us into trailers. But we have a trailer. Ooh, I'm gonna pull it up now. We have a trailer for a little show called Star Wars Visions. I'm gonna bring up that share screen now. So all our friends at home, sorry, audio listeners, uh, you can see what we're talking about. Bing bong. No, I don't like this. Can I change this? Siri, change this. Better. Good enough. What do you guys like better? You like this one better? You like this one better? We're a little smaller in this one, so maybe we are. It's where we're on the side. There you go. I'm just yeah. asking. You know, it's we're working progress. We're going to talk about Star Wars Visions. Uh, I haven't watched season one. Have any of y'all watched season one yet? I've watched, I've watched parts of season one. Parts of season one. Beautiful. Well, we'll be revisiting it soon. We will. Yeah, we are probably going to talk about season one uh, before this one comes out. Uh, I think this was incredible. Not that the first season didn't look incredible. I just haven't watched it yet. Uh, they're the most um, shocking one to me, which I knew like I knew the studio was involved. But the one that I was most fascinated to see and like um, really is visually standing out to me is the the Ardman. Oh, um, yes. 100%, uh, yeah. Which is, you know, Wallace and Gromit studio. And when we get to the Ardman and stuff, I'm like. Yo, this looks so weird, but like somehow a Wookiee looks so right in Ardman animation. Um, it looks nuts. There's a lot of great stuff here. I'm really glad that we're like uh, this season in particular, uh, standing apart from the first one. There we are, the Ardman, Ardman yeah. stuff. It's um, insane. I can't believe it. It's nuts. I can't believe. Like, look how good that Wookiee looks. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to hug him. I want to yeah. hug the Wookiee. Uh, I, I, what Whoa. I'm really excited about is like, and we know because of the diversity of these studios, like. The first season was really great. I'm really happy all those creators were involved, but it was very like anime leading heavy. Yes, it was. And this season is feels much more like really across the board of like different styles and takes on animation. And I'm really, really excited. One about of them it. looks like like an evolution of like what the Clone Wars looked like. Just a hyper, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. like a really good version of what the Clone Wars look like. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, this definitely makes me excited. This too. is also like that that one in particular where she's facing down the TIE fighter looks really great. Love it. Uh, Art, uh, it's so good. Love it. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, thrilled. I'm thrilled that like Lucasfilm has embraced this like, let's have fun with Star Wars beyond the lore and the canon. I think this is a wonderful way to explore it because like all the emotion you feel from all the stuff you're shown in this trailer is still very in tone. Oh, I didn't see the double blade that was part yeah, red, yeah. part orange. Oh, yeah. shit. That was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. yeah, this looks uh, looks fantastic. Um, I can't praise. I mean, I know I've only seen a few episodes. I've got up to I want to say the twins, which I know is Brandon's. That's his favorite short from the first mm-hmm. season of Star Wars Visions. Right. For what I, I, it's been on my watch list. I need to finish it. And Visions is absolutely stunning for what I have seen. This guy. Looks I good. have to agree with Sparks. That's have. I mean, yes, the first episode, the first season of Visions was very anime heavy. Not to say that's bad. I think that's the first season needs to be very anime heavy because there's been a lot of fan projects out there that take anime inspired um, or that take star Wars and they turn essentially fan animate it. Anime anime is an incredibly beloved medium. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And now seeing the second season of visions where there's different styles of animation. I also think this is great. And also I just love how these are all just one shots are all these episodes. There's no grand arching story. It's an anthology series. You don't have to, watch a certain you don't have to watch one through three to understand what happens in episode six it's fantastic and i love that lucasfilm is letting these animation studios like hey you want to do a star wars thing go nuts and what i what i love about it is like because they're allowed the freedom to do what they want these can these feel like what if stories mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like they don't 100%. like like whether they're canon or not like i don't even care it's just like the fact that they don't have to be strict with what they can do is just like it is so nice to see like Disney like allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just love the creative freedom I'm seeing in so many different different things. I'll be honest I mean, with I, you, 
I really wish Gendy would get to come back for one of these. Oh shit! Like get oh, back and like man. be able to do yeah. something completely unrestrained. Yeah, I I, oh, I see it in my brain. Yeah, I can um, see that happen absolutely. Uh, to go back to season one a little bit, like one of one of my the favorite stories I've seen. I love the twins arc. I think the twins is great, but story wise, Ronan's kick ass. Oh, for sure. I love because well, like it's I the most pure that Rodin's I loved that Rodin story. You can't get more pure like what are the Jedi than like going back to the source of samurai. Yeah, so like 100%. of course. Yeah. Star Wars yeah. Visions looking high. Looking hot. I, I need, looking very hot. It's definitely this is my reminder to finish season one so I can watch season two. Well, well, again, we're gonna be talking about it. So if you want to be there, Ben, uh, you'll you'll be there with us.